excited for the word today. Man, I'm excited. So excited you're here. My name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor at the gathering. If you're new, oh, let's dive into this word together. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. So we're talking all about the good news of Jesus in this Christmas series. Do you hear it? And is our world around us hearing it through us? The idea is that we would all live with this posture towards our world where, where we're like, hey, do you hear what I hear? Because family, I've really got two burdens from the Lord for this series. The first one is this, that the good news of Jesus would continue to work in all of our lives in new ways this Christmas season and beyond. Listen, even if you've heard the good news or the Christmas story a billion times before. Amen? All right, but here, here's the second burden, that it would be very difficult for you and me to contain the good news of Jesus that we have already received. Because here's what we discovered last week, that really good news is hard to keep to yourself. Amen? It's sort of like this. Um, just imagine if at the very end of service today, after worship, if we handed out $100 bills to everybody in church today, okay, a few things would happen. First off, all y'all would stay to the very end of service. <laughs> Some of you are so busted right now. Um, second, um, our kids would never want to go back to kids' church when the new building opens because they'd be like, this adult church stuff ain't so bad. But third, come on, here's what we do. We'd, we'd get out of here and we'd tell everybody the good news about how we got $100 in church today. Come on, we'd text somebody, we'd take a picture of it right next to our smiling face and post it on Facebook. And then guess what? Next Sunday, church would be packed out because everybody would have heard the good news that we're handing out $100 bills. Come on, it's hard to contain really good news, right? And you're like, but wait, are we really still doing this $100 bill thing? I'm sorry. That's called a sermon illustration. All right. But family, here's the truth. Come on. The church gives out something way better than $100 bills every weekend. Come on. It's called the good news of Jesus. I wonder how packed out churches would be everywhere if it would just get uncontained. Come on. So. Here's what we asked last week. Is it still really, really good news to us if it's easy for us to contain it? All right, so I believe Jesus wants to help all of us take the lid off this Christmas season. And we're going to talk about very practical and fun ways we get to do that together this Christmas season. But here we go. Let's start moving towards Luke chapter 4. Now, for context, though, I think it's good to remind us all, listen, if we're going to understand just how good the good news really is, you need to understand how bad the bad news really is. And I will remind you, there really is really, really bad news. Okay, we've all lived lives held captive by Satan and sin and death. Amen? Come on. And it's way more likely than not that there's some of that at least still going on in our lives now. Okay, it all began way back in the garden when Satan first showed up and sin and death first entered the scene 
through Adam and Eve, yet even back then, God gave the good news that at just the right time, the Savior would arrive to save us. And then throughout your entire Old Testament, he kept restating and re-clarifying the promise, making it more and more clear, the good news. In fact, we read a detailed description of the good news last week in Isaiah, where 700 years before Jesus was even born, Isaiah told us in advance who Jesus would be and what he would do for us, okay? So let's Listen, though, um, there's another part in Isaiah that we didn't read last week, and it's all about Jesus, too. And it's fascinating, all right? So, listen, Isaiah chapter 61 is actually written as if Jesus himself personally tells us, before he was even born, what he was going to do when he was born or when he arrived. All right, so before we see what Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, I want you to see what essentially Jesus himself says in Isaiah chapter 61. I'm going to read Isaiah 61, starting verse 1. Watch, okay, so listen. Isaiah the prophet is writing, but Jesus is speaking. You with me? And here's what he says. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring what? Come on, good news to the poor. We'll talk about what that means. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, those who've been living in the midst of bad news, and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn, again, oh, people live in, in bad news. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor. Don't miss that. The time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. In other words, Jesus is saying here in advance, hey, when I'm born, when I show up, I'm bringing God's favor with me and I'm going to show up to defeat every strategy the devil has and conquer sin and death as well, aka mankind's biggest enemies. Okay, but now, um, why do I say that it's as if Jesus himself says this? Because in Luke chapter 4, Jesus himself says this very same thing about himself. All right, so listen. Um, in Luke chapter 2, we saw this last week, the angel announced the good news that Jesus was born. But then in Luke chapter 4, if you're there, we're going to look here in just a second. Jesus himself personally announces why he was born. Okay, this was... He had, this was just before, or as he was beginning his three years of public ministry or his three-year journey to the cross. And so he was in his hometown. Everyone was gathered together to worship God. And in the midst of that gathering, he brings everybody the good news. Let's look. Here we go. Luke chapter 4. I'm going to pick it up in verse 17. And it says, The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place in chapter 61 where this was written. And so Jesus is going to read this out loud. Hey, and kids, come on, heads up, because we're about to look at our key verse right here. Here's what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. He's talking about himself. He has anointed me, here we go, to bring good news 
to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Keep watching, though. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked intently at, looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. And here's what he said. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. In other words, hey y'all, when Isaiah wrote chapter 61, 700 years ago, that was me talking. That was me talking, but here I am, I'm showing up now, God has sent me, I'm here to do all these things right now. Come on family, you want the really, really good news? Okay, here's the bad news first. <laughs> Every person ever, whether they know it or not, has been stuck in poverty, captivity, blindness, and oppression. Every person ever. But good news, Jesus came to bring good news to the poor. He came to release those who've been held captive, to heal those who've been blind, and to set the oppressed Free. Listen, you have to see this. Come on. In other words, Jesus came to save everyone. Everyone. No one's le left out. Okay, look. Don't do this because sometimes we do this. Don't look at these things as just individual categories that we may or may not fall into. Like, well, I'm not blind, but, oh, I have been oppressed. No, 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 no. Okay, and, and do not look at these things just at a surface level. You have to look at these things with spiritual eyes. Okay, when he says he came to bring good news to the poor, he's talking about people who are spiritually poor. Okay, listen to me. In other words, spiritually dead because of sin. Okay, which, come on. That's all of us. Right? Before we give our lives to Jesus. Amen? Now, how do we know that's what he means, though? Well, because you can compare it with other things he says. And so, if you read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he famously says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. But he says this, But blessed are those who are poor in spirit, and they realize it. Okay, well, why would they be blessed because, listen, if they realize they're spiritually poor, or you could say spiritually bankrupt and therefore dead apart from Jesus, then when they hear the good news of Jesus, they'll turn to Jesus so he can give them new life and then fill every ounce of their lives to overflow with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so then, listen, follow me. When he says the captives will be released, he's talking about everyone who's been held captive by Satan and sin and death. When he said people who are blind are going to be healed, he's talking about being healed of spiritual blindness. When he talks about freeing people from oppression, he's talking about spiritual oppression. Okay, now, good news, though. Okay, Jesus does help people physically as well. Right? We know this. I mean, he heals people. He, 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 he provides for people. He can help people who are in physical harm get to physical safety. Okay, those kinds of things. But... Listen, we, we all know this. I mean, you can have all the money in the world physically and still be spiritually bankrupt. On the flip side, 
you, you can be physically blind, but you can still know Jesus and therefore know the truth and see the world for what it really is. Amen? So listen, this right here, this good news, this is a description of every person ever before they give their lives to Jesus. And the truth is, if you've ever fit into that first category, then you fit into all the rest too. Listen, if you've ever been poor spiritually, and we all have, then I guarantee you've also experienced spiritual captivity, blindness, and oppression as well. Family, I hate to say it this way, but it is the worst ever all-inclusive package deal. Okay, it's like um, Dude Perfect, when they do a trick shot, you hit the first one and all the other ones go in. That was for the kids, y'all. I got some serious cred from the kids last week bringing up Dude Perfect in this in service. Just saying, it's gonna keep happening. All right. But listen, this is why Jesus' announcement is such good news, because it means he came for everyone. He was saying, listen, I don't want a single person to miss out on the salvation I've come to bring, no matter what they've been through. And listen, no matter what they themselves have done. Some of you need to hear that. No matter what you've done. He doesn't want you to miss out. But here's the other reason this is the best news ever, because it also means that Jesus didn't just come to partially save us right now. Come on, think about this. He didn't come to give us salvation, but then leave us in captivity. He didn't come to take the blinders off, but then leave us to a life of oppression. No, he came to save the whole thing. The Savior came to save every ounce of our lives right here and now, that we would be saved, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit, set free, healed of our spiritual blindness, and live lives of victory with him right here and now. It's like Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life, that you might have it and have it to the full. but stick with me Um, because in just a moment I've got a very important question about all this all right but before we get to that question I've got another very important question we should ask and that is this listen if if that's what Jesus came to do then how did he do it How, how does he do it listen how does he save us How how does he save us now? How does he then give us new life? How does he give us freedom from captivity and blindness and and oppression? Okay, well, follow me. Here's how. Okay, first, he made a way for us to be saved through the sinless life that he lived. And now follow me. You want to know what a sinless life is? It's, It's the absolutely, it's the opposite of all those things. I'm talking the spiritually rich life. I'm talking the totally set free life. The the eagle eye 2020 see the truth vision kind of life. The never been oppressed, can't oppress Jesus kind of life. Okay, he made a way through the sinless life that he lived, the death he died for us on the cross, his burial in the grave, and his resurrection from the grave, all of which gave him total victory over all the powers of Satan and sin and death and all the captivity, the blindness, and the oppression those things bring with them. Amen? Okay, stick with me. That's what he did to make a way. 
But I want you to see this. Here's how he saves us. And family, this is the good news right here. I'm going to read from Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. Stick with me, and then I'm going to skip down to 8 real quick, okay? But watch this. Good news. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, even though each and every one of us has been spiritually bankrupt, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Keep watching. It keeps going. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Stick with me. I'm skipping down to verse 8. Watch. He's going to say it again. Here's how he says it. Ephesians 2.8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. But let's be really clear. Just look right here. Let's be really clear. clear. The, this word believe right here. In the Bible, it means something different than what it means in America today. Okay, that word believe in the Bible, here's what it means. To actually trust in, commit to, and rely upon. Not just have some knowledge in your brain that you never act upon. That's what this word believe means. So this is why some of your translations might actually say it this way. Watch this, another translation. For it is by grace you have been saved through, come on, through what? Faith. By faith, listen, faith where you believe it so much that you act upon it. In the case of Jesus, you believe him so much that you choose to trust and commit to and rely upon him with your life. Come on, friends. That is how we are saved. Amen? Family, God loves you and me so much. He has so much grace for us. That Jesus himself, he lived a sinless life, died on the cross for us, was buried in the grave. He took the death that we deserve, and then he walked out of that grave, though, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, with all power and authority to shine the light in the dark, to plunder Satan and sin and death so that you and I don't have to be poor, blind, depressed captives any longer. King Jesus made a way for us to be saved. Okay, so listen again. That's what he did, and here's why he did it, because he loves us and has so much grace for us. Okay, but follow me. Here's how we're actually saved, and kids, this is our point right here. We're saved by his grace as we put our faith in him. Come on. We're saved by God's grace through faith. That's how, as we believe the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, and then we act upon it by turning to him, that's the step of faith, by turning to him and saying, Jesus, save me. Jesus, I'm giving my life into your hands. I'm choosing today to trust in, commit to, and rely upon you from here on out. Would you forgive me now for all my failures, past, and even the present and the future ones where I or I fail in that, but I'm going to turn around and I'm going to keep following you every time. I'm choosing today to love you from here on out. Rescue me from my sin and from Satan and death. Fill me and lead me to everlasting life. Come on, one more time. That's how we're saved. Amen? Okay. But then here's that important question I mentioned just a minute ago. Okay, if all of that is what Jesus has done for us. In fact, if many of us in here would say we're already 
saved by him. And would we agree that he came to save the whole thing? He didn't just come to partially save us, right? Do we agree he came so that we may have life to the full? Okay, then why are there still areas of our lives that are totally spiritually bankrupt? Why are there still areas of our lives where it's like we're just still captive? Man, we're blind. Oppression is running rampant. Our thought lives, our relationships, big time grace. Listen, maybe our marriages, our behavior at work, our behavior at home, the things we watch, the things we say, the things we do, our finances, maybe our prayer life is just spiritually bankrupt. Maybe our church life, if we're honest, is just spiritually bankrupt. Why is there still sin or even secret sin that is just still holding us captive? Why are, there, why are we still so susceptible to lies? Why are there areas of our lives where we're just oppressed rather than victorious? Come on, you follow me? You don't have to nod your head, but can you relate to this? Okay, why? Well, I think it's pretty simple. If we're saved by grace through faith, then what areas of our life are we not putting our faith in Jesus in? And therefore, what areas of our life are we not experiencing his grace? Come on, you with me? Because listen, by the way, grace from God is not just that God overlooks our sin. Okay, no. God takes our sin very seriously. Jesus paid an enormous price so that we could be free from our sin. So it's not really that God just looks past our sin. Here's what he does. He looks past our sin when we put our faith in Jesus as he looks to what Jesus did to pay the penalty for our sin. That's what grace is. But grace also, listen, it's not just that. It's also, it's his power working in our lives to actually help us be more and more free from sin so we can be empowered to live more and more like Jesus. That's grace. Okay, but that's not all. Okay, listen, it means this then. It means God's grace for us. Just think about this. God's grace for us then, that's truly the good news. Amen? His grace for us is truly the good news. And it really is because here's another way you could describe God's grace. You could call it his favor. And we just saw that Jesus announced that he came to usher in the year of God's favor, or you could say the age of grace, family. This is why I believe, this is the burden from the Lord, that the good news of Jesus would work in all of our lives in new ways this Christmas season and beyond. Because I guarantee you there's still areas of our lives where we're spiritually bankrupt, but God's grace is still available for all of us today. We, we don't have to move on past this Christmas season staying stuck in the things that we're stuck in. And so with grace, big time grace, listen, 
What's the bad news that you keep living in that needs to be overcome by the good news of Jesus this Christmas season? Hey, let, me, let me just ask it this way. What are the failures you're currently struggling, struggling with? Or, hey, what are the failures from your past that you're just still beating yourself up over? What are, what are the things that you're struggling with now or the things that you struggled with in your past that you'd really like God's grace for in your life right now? Listen, and even if you don't feel like you're worthy of it, okay, just be honest right now. What would you really like God's grace for in your life right now? Okay, and by the way, listen, can I tell you what, can I tell you what spiritual oppression, spiritual poverty, blindness, oppression, captivity, can I tell you what that actually sounds like? It, it, it sounds like lies. Listen, it, it sounds like this. It sounds like, hey, you're not worthy of his grace. You're going to be stuck in this forever. Yeah, you might, you might be saved. I mean, you're going to heaven one day, but God's just really, really disappointed with you right now. He's, he still needs to punish you more now for that thing you did back then or that thing you're still struggling with right now. He doesn't really feel like helping you right now. Okay, you look at me. That is a lie. But it's also a lack of faith when we believe those lies. It's you and me not trusting that what Jesus has done for us is actually enough. Okay, so listen, um, here's the truth though. You and, I, you and I may not be worthy on our, on our own. We, we may not be worthy of, our gra of his grace on our own. But because of his love and his grace, you were absolutely worth it to Jesus. Just look at the price he paid to make a way for you and me. But doesn't that tell us, look at the cross, doesn't that tell us that he thought we were worth it? Come on, so listen, when you don't feel worthy or when you feel confronted like by lies about your worth, you just point to that cross and you remind yourself and you remind your enemy of the truth that your God has love and he has grace for you no matter what. Or when you feel stuck, when you feel defeated, when you feel like, oh, God's grace isn't big enough for all of my failures, point to that empty grave. And remind yourself that the king of kings walked out of there. The Lord of lords who has power over Satan and lies and captivity and spiritual poverty. All those things that hold us down. He has power over those things and he can set us free. There's nothing that can stop him. Because listen family, here's the good news. His grace is bigger than all of our failures. Okay, and he will keep coming to our rescue as you and I keep taking steps of faith toward him. Okay, but can I tell you what spiritual poverty can also sound like? It can also sound like this. Eh, it's not a big deal if I do that. Ah, it's okay if I live like this. Eh, that sin's not hurting anybody. God has grace for me. Uh, I don't, I don't like really have to follow, follow Jesus. I don't have to really worship him or 
you know, really stay close to him or be generous like him or pray to him all that often. And I don't really have to do those things because God has grace for me. Okay, family, I love you. You're lying to yourself with all that stuff. It's not a lie that God has grace for you. That's not a lie at all, okay? But you're still blind to the truth and you're still captive because you're not trusting Jesus. You're actually rejecting the entire purpose of his grace when you and I, when we live that way. His purpose for his grace is to set us free from Satan and sin and death and power, and death and all those powers to empower us to actually live more and more like Jesus. Okay, but... More good news. Jesus has real grace that is bigger than even all of those failures right there. And he will come to your rescue even in the midst of that as you and I keep taking steps of faith toward him. Amen? All right, so can I tell you what grace sounds like then? This is grace. It's the voice of Jesus. Hey, I love you. I'm not here to hold anything against you. I already paid for that stuff so it, that you wouldn't have to help have it held against you. I want to set you free. Come, come on, let's get close. Come, come follow me. Come turn to me. That's the step of faith. Take a step of faith towards me. Let me lead you out of this captivity because I've got a better life for you than that. Timmy, sometimes I wonder if, if part of the reason it's often so easy for us to contain the good news of Jesus is because there's actually a giant lid on our faith in Jesus. Does that make sense? So then, can you imagine how much good news all of us could personally experience this Christmas season and how much good news people around us could experience this Christmas season if you and I would take the lid off and actually start taking the steps of faith that Jesus is calling all of us to right now? One more time. Can you imagine how much good news we could personally experience this Christmas season and others around us as well if we take the lid off and just start doing the things that Jesus is telling us to do right now. Amen? Because I don't know about you, but I hear some good news. Do you hear it? That God's grace has not run out. That his grace is bigger than all of our failures that we're in right now. His grace is bigger than all of our failures from our past. He loves you and me. He wants us to experience even more of his grace today. And he wants to give all of us the joy of sharing his grace with this world around us. So I asked it last week, but I'm asking again today. Come on, who wants it? Well, who, who wants it? Who wants some grace and some good news in their lives personally this Christmas? And who wants to share it with other people? Okay, if, if that's you, listen, then what steps do we take? Here's a step. I'd encourage all of us, let's pray. Talk 
to Jesus about the failures and the struggles. Be open and honest with him about what's really going on. Confess that thing and then ask him. You have permission to ask, God, would you give me grace? But listen, not just would you look past it all. Would you give me grace and empower me to live more like you? And as you pray that prayer, ask this. So, Father, what step would you have me take? And as he tells you a step, as he says, hey, then let's go do this. Let's, let's do this together. Then watch this. Trust him. Trust him. Commit to rely on. Trust him and actually just do what he's telling you to do. Oh, man, I, I guarantee you're going to have some good news work out in your life when you do that. Other steps, commit to be with us in the presence of God all Christmas season where you can experience his good news. Man, if you're new, join the family, go to connect. If you, man, if there's areas of your life where, man, you don't have freedom, freedom gatherings are starting again in January. You can sign up right now, be a part of freedom gatherings. It's going to be amazing. Serve with us, like, like in kids' church. Hey, I really believe this, that as you and I help other people, even if we don't have it all worked out in our lives yet, this is the part. As you and I help other people experience the good news of Jesus, he continues to work it out in us. I, I would say he especially continues to work it out in us. Okay, all right, um, I need to hurry. You guys still with me? You guys want some good news in your lives this Christmas season? You guys want to experience and, and, and share the good news with others this Christmas season? All right, so can I tell you about all the things we're doing this Christmas season, that we can, we can experience it, that we can share it?